Father, my God, we thank you for hitherto you have led us. And we pray that, Lord, you will grant us the grace to meet with you in your word. To bother to take in what you have to say. To sit at your feet. And what you say, we will do. Where you send, we will go. And Lord, as you share the light on your word, and we do your good will, help us to listen to your word and to live out your word to eternal benefits and to our blessings and to the glory of your name. And visit us once more, Lord, individually and make our lives take a trend for the better because we have listened. We have met with you. We have begun to live out your word. So do now in the name of Jesus Christ. So do now, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And let your power know by reason of your word make manifest in our lives. Your joy, your blessing, your visitation, you are lifting up. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says Amen. You're welcome once more to this service, to the first Sunday of the month, and to the first Sunday in the second half of the year, and accept it as being for the Lord. You yourself will truly testify that we would have been consumed. They have come in torrents, but the Lord has been your help, has been your guide, has been your sustainer. This same God that has upheld you by his word will do even greater in this second half of the year in the name of Jesus. Well, speaking this morning for a short while on leave by every word of God. Leave. It's like a command. It's active. If you like, you can call it an action verb. Leave. Instruction. We're not just talking about living, which is an assumption. We can assume you're living. God is saying, leave. At this moment, leave. Tomorrow, leave. Every situation, leave. At night, leave. In the valley, leave. Action verb. And we'll go back to where we read in our texts. I'll read again. And add some few more verses there. Genesis 26, verses 1 to 6. We also look at verses 12 to 14. And we see from verse 26. There was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine there was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Jerah. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and will bless you. For unto you and to your seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham your father. I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give unto your seed all these countries. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Reason. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my status, and my laws. And Isaac dwelt in Jerah. 12. 
Then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year of famine and hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. Permit me to read the Hebrew version of that verse. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great stores of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Verse 26. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerah, and Ahuzah, one of his friends, and Fico, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, seeing you hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We saw certainly. We saw certainly. We saw certainly that the Lord was and we said, let there be man, oh, between us, even between us and you, let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no hurt, as we have not touched you, and as we have done unto you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. May this be your portion as you live by God's word again and in very active way this time in the name of Jesus. We saw certainly that the Lord has been with you. Why? Because you simply obeyed his word. You simply took him at his word. You lived by his word. And you kept his charge. And we have seen evidences in your life. That irrespective of the circumstances, irrespective of the famine in the land that would swallow up anyone, irrespective of the gloom around, irrespective of what is happening all around us, you who kept the word of your God and who simply obeyed him and lived at his word, even though you had your own plans how you would have moved, you wanted to go down to Egypt. He wanted to behave like any other person would do in this circumstance. But he said no, because God has spoken and you obeyed and you live at his word, we have seen that the Lord is with you, irrespective of what is happening around us. You are now the blessed of the Lord. May the Lord do so, and more so to you and I, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you have seen the results of living at God's word, irrespective of what you see with your eyes. Divine provision. We saw so here, prosperity of the great other. And that's how we read the Hebrew version. That tells you there was no other way to do what? Describe or quantify it. Comprehensive living under God's own abiding economy. Divine prosperity. Divine presence irrespective of things that come around you. We certainly saw. 
We who are not believers of your God, we who did not go by the principle, we who did not know what you had discussed with your God, what you made up your mind to do, and when we are living in our own world, we have seen in your life and in your work, certainly, that by living at God's word, against any other trend, the Lord has certainly continued to be with you. May that divine presence magnify the more with you and me in the name of Jesus Christ. And they say, let us make peace. Divine protection. That's all about life. That's all about what we live from January to December, morning till night. Provision, daily living, yearly living, meeting your needs, divine presence, prosperity, and not just prosperity in the material sense, but prospering as your soul prospers, because they said we saw that the Lord was with you, you hadn't acted outside the script of God. And divine protection, what people go miles and lands and go through the night and day and go to visioners or unvisioners to get God has provided for you on a platter of gold. May this be a portion as you live at his word in the name of Jesus Christ. When we talk about living by God's word, live by his word, the word of God, as you did say, can come to us in one of many ways. The word of God that comes to us can be from the living word himself. The Lord Jesus Christ, whom Hebrews 1, 3 tells us, that he is the express image of God's presence and the brightness of God's glory. And he upholds all things. He directs all things. He influences all things. He dictates all things by the word of his power. That's the living word. The Bible tells us. And in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 4, in Him was life. In other words, outside of Him there is no living. You may be existing. So that when we are talking about living at His Word, the beginning point is life in Jesus Christ. Salvation in Him. If you are here, if you have been churches, if you love the things of God and you have not made a personal commitment to Him and you have not invited Him to come into your life, I have stood at the door of your heart and knocked. I said, open. Then you haven't begun to live. You are just merely existing. You wake with the morning and you sleep with the night. And you just go by happenstance. What happens to every other person happens to you just by chance. And we saw what was happening at the time of Isaac. Famine everywhere. People had their way of doing things. But God said, no, I'm giving you my word. I'm leaving you to make a choice. And Isaac made a choice. So the choice you make is that your life actually begins when you have invited Jesus to take over into your life. So in him was life. In him is life. Jesus was alive, really. And that light is the light of all men. And in John 1.14, 
And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So that's the living word. Whatever he says directly, and whatever he tells you, and whatever he guides you to, and through his word by his spirit, that's the word to live by. And we're told in John 6.63, the flesh profits nothing. The reasoning, the things you do with your own wisdom and human strength may not go far. It is a spirit that quickens, gives life, makes manifest. The words I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. That's the living word. So you can live by him. Live by a relationship with Jesus that you have found salvation, found a beginning point, found peace, irrespective of the commotion around. And then live by whatever he literally says and does, your unsafe gadget. The word of God also can come to us by the spoken word. We can live by the spoken word. And as God speaks to us clearly, he can speak by word of prophecy. He can also speak by a preaching word. The word you hear that has been sent specifically for your situation. And when God sees you and looks at your need and he sends forth his word according to Isaiah 55, 11, either by prophecy or by preaching or directly by your encounter. It can come by spoken word. And I'm sure for those who have been here since the beginning of the year, God guided us, gave us his word by the beginning of the year. And I remember some of the phrases that he mentioned even by the beginning of the year. He says, I the Lord will go ahead of you. I will lead you. I the Lord will aid you through the wilderness of this year. The evil days are ahead, but walk in the light. And I will be with you through the storms. Do not go ahead of me. And we have seen the first six months already speed past, fulfilling what God has said. Last Sunday, as we were thanking the Lord for seeing us through and getting us to a point where we could praise Him deliberately as a church and as a body, He spoke again and told us, in two different but similar words prophesied. And he said, Abide in me, for the days are evil. Do not leave, do not go away from me, for the tree, for the days are evil. For when you leave, the devourer will devour you. You will experience danger. Some of you have left me, have gone looking for me where I'm not. Turn back. Abide in me, for the devourer has been released for those that have left. But for those that abide in me, I will protect. I will provide. I will shield. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Is that not what we just saw with Isaac? I will protect. I will provide. I will not leave you. Divine presence. I will not forsake you. Provision will be there. I will run my blessings and glory. Open your hand. And may I add, open your heart. And may I add, open your life for this second half. And receive my blessings and my coverings. For the devourer has been released. And the days are evil. And in the one that is similar to it, still, if you leave my name by your character, by your actions, by your words, and associations, I the Lord who has kept you all these months, I give you my word. 
to keep you and preserve you in the battles of life. Praise the Lord. Play it now. If only you will hold on to me and me alone through the months of July, August, September, till December. I will keep you and your family in the hollow of my hand. If only you will hold on to me and me alone, the battles of the months of July will not swallow you. It will be fierce in the months of August going. But if you will hold on to me, it will not sweep you. How I wish you will hold on to me. There shall be heavy storm. I'm preparing you ahead of time. But you will not be swallowed by the storm. I will give you victory. I will give your son victory. Even that your daughter will grant victory. Even that battle that is challenging you, look back and see all I have done in the past months. I have given you victory in the months that are past. Are you ready and willing to keep others aside? Are you willing to put your trust in me alone, not in man, woman, or things you see? I will give you victory so that you will come back and worship me. And all that God is saying simply is, are you ready to live at my word? Trust in me, not in man, not in woman, not in any other situation. And I will do what? I will give you victory. Comprehensive life insurance policy. I'll provide. I'll protect. I'll prosper you. My presence will be with you. Call them the four P's of life and living. That's all. And God says I have guaranteed them. That's from the spoken word of God. And I do pray that you will just listen and live by these words in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, living by the word of God is what can come to us in a third form. Not just really a third form, just emphasis. We say the living word through Jesus himself, the spoken word preached or prophesied or by revelation gotten unto you. And by the revealed word. The scriptures. God brings his message to us every time. Expressing his mind, his will, his purpose concerning you as an individual. Concerning us as a group. Concerning our situations. Every area of our life and living. God brings his message concerning our existence at each point of time. Our needs, our desires, our expectations, ambitions. Through his word. Through these scriptures. He makes it plain. Through his revealed word. And makes it clear. That none can be in doubt. The word of God is the ultimate. The word of God is the final editor in any issue of life. That we have. Here was a real circumstance. Here was a real life situation. Here was famine like it was in the days of Abraham. And in the days of Abraham when there was famine, what did Abraham do like any other person do? He was a man of faith. He went down to Egypt. And God says, no, don't flow with the crowd. Don't just do what others assume to do. That is normal. 
Don't just flow with the wind. This time, just listen. I will give you what to do. I will tell you what to do. I will tell you where to stay. So join in this land and leave the rest to me. And he left him. And the Bible simply recorded in verse 6. Very short active words. And Isaac dwelt in Gerah. Full stop. He simply obeyed God. He simply decided against what his eyes were seeing. What was the experience of the time? He simply decided to do what? Live at God's word. There was no argument this time. And as you do so, the word of God is a guide, is a direction pointer, is a compass for navigating all the issues of life. Childhood, middle age, old age, retiring. The word of God is sufficient for all the challenges and problems, not only of the world, but of your own person. And is able to guide us to heaven. It's a tool for success and for prevailing through every endeavor, every challenge in this life and all that pertain to life and to godliness. Let's go to Isaiah 55, 11 again. Isaiah 55, 11, God says, When I look at your situation, when I look at your circumstance, when I look at the things surrounding you, irrespective of what the majority do, irrespective of what the economy says, irrespective of what the news brings, irrespective of what your friends are wont to do, irrespective of counsels from well-meaning people, when I look at things around you, what do I do to bring my presence, to bring my provision and my counsel? Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. I send my word to you. I send my word to you. And for every situation and for every condition of life and for where you are now, there is a word of God for it. There is a word of God for that situation of life of yours. Are you joyful? Are you excited? Are you in happy mood? There's a word of God for what you do. Are you gloomy? Are you depressed? Are you challenged? Are you buffeted right, left, and center? For whatever reason, there's a word of God sent in that situation. Waiting to encounter you. Waiting for when you will have time to meet with that word. The personality that God has sent. Since he can't come down of himself in bodily form, he sends the word, he sends the spirit of his word, and waits for you to perceive, to mark, to listen, and as one of the versions will put it, to bother, to bother, to go by what he says, to bother, to listen, and to bother to leave it out. And the moment you take that word, and the moment you remain in that word, and the moment you act on that word as if it were the literal word from him who already has the solution, I remember God says in the same Isaiah 55, 11, that word shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please. 
and it shall prosper in the thing in your life where to I send it. May it be so with you and myself again and again from now in the name of Jesus. Therefore, on any issue in life in which you can convincingly hold on to the word of God, any issue, you may say we are in the internet age. You may say we are in the superhighway age. Whatever it is, has a name, has a need, has a circumstance that you can relate with. Just break it down to finding the word of God stated in the scriptures. Or as you persevere with him and he reveals it directly to you on any issue, need. In which you can convincingly hold on to the word of God. Direct revelation, by prompting, a vision, by encounter, by dreams, or through the revealed word of God. By the guide from the scriptures. Friends, that matter is settled. I say it's settled. I say it's settled. That's all that God wants us to begin to do. Don't have a double or triple or quadruple mind. Don't set a scenario A, B, C, D. Don't put a joker. Don't listen to A, B, C. When they contradict what he has told you to do, just have a single eye. Have a single mind. Remain. Again and again we go back to Genesis 26. I'm sure many people have told Isaac what his father Abraham did. I'm sure Isaac knew what his father Abraham did. He said, even your father did so, a man of faith. Once famine came, hard times came, challenges came, he packed his bag and baggage and did what? Went down to Egypt. Isaac, you are the son of your father. Do the same. If you have ear, do what? Here. What else would they have said other than being that precept? Before him. He said, look at every other person. Egypt is the place. Famine is terrible. It wiped away further group. Don't become a victim because you want to hear what God wants to say. Isaac had heard God. Isaac had heard God speak into that situation. He did not conform with what was happening around. It didn't look like a rational solution. It didn't seem to make much sense. In a land of great famine, great need, do what? Remain there. Not only remain there, do what? Sojourn, sojourn, bubiliko, begging. Live as if it is your inherited place. Don't even make one plan of going out one day and looking over towards Egypt and saying, Hey, if only God will allow me. And he waited to see what he will do. Friend, on any issue, it doesn't matter what the name, the color, the hue, the appearance. It doesn't matter the shakings. It doesn't matter the majority. Who are the opposing view? Where you have the word of God, remain there. That matter is what? Settled. He will bring his word to come to pass. Even the most effectual prayers that we pray. You know many of the prayers we pray and not, they don't get answers. Many. But we still do pray anyway. 
And sometimes in our imperfection, we ask God to help us. A number of times, many of the prayers don't go above the ceiling. The most essential prayers that we do pray are the prayers that are anchored or guided by the word of God. That align with his will. Those are the ones that bring results. The ones guided by his word. The ones that are prayed in the knowledge and light of the scriptures. For instance, John 15, 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. It looks like a tall order. So, get my word. And get my word on that situation. Bring it back to me. I'm sending it to you. It will give you the answer. For instance, 1 John 5.14 This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. And where do we find his will? In the word of God. The revealed word. The scripture. Whatever we ask that is aligning with his will. This is the confidence. Not just what. That we have. That if we ask anything according to his will. He will answer. And if we know that he will answer, then we do know that our petitions are received of him and called on God's word, even at that regard. So friends, it doesn't matter what the situation is. All we need to do, as days get evil, as things get difficult, as famine gets in the land, as there are difficulties here and there, is to make effort that with all our getting, with all our searching, we hold on to the word of God for our situation, for our position, for our circumstance, for our need, for our growth, for our victory. And not only for that, for our progress and for our comprehensive living. As an instrument of personal guidance, family guidance, as a church, and in whatever we do. The Bible says in First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1, that in those days, the word of God was rare. Was rare. The version says was precious. If you read it in that version, you will think, oh, that they value the word of God so much. But when you read another, say the word of God was rare. And there was no open vision. And Eli's eyes grew dim. You can interpret that physically, yes. You will say a 90-something-year-old man, why wouldn't his eyes grow dim? But also align it with that passage and that verse, you will also see that if the word of God was rare and the priest of God could not access the word of God, definitely he will grow dim. He will grow dim in how he sees things. He will grow dim in how he interprets them. And that is also the problem with many of us today. We can sing to his glory. We can also rejoice to his praise. But the word of God is rare in many of our lives. You can barely manage to put one verse or the other. And even when you do, it is only at the head, at the level of the head. It has nothing to do with your heart. It has nothing to do with gripping you and giving you the matching order to remain there until something happens. Until God allows that word to break forth and bring the result he has sent it. And I do pray that the word of God that has been rare will break loose and become 
woman to us in the name of Jesus Christ. So even for our spiritual life, even for our conduct, in the things we say, in Colossians 3.16, he said, let the word of Christ so richly dwell in you. Now when you open your mouth, you can communicate hymns, songs, psalms. Let it so richly dwell, sojourn, find an abode in you. And for any situation, get the word of God abounding in that area. And let your life be controlled by what he says to do. Get it, and you have gotten it all. Job 23.12 says, I have esteemed his word more than my necessary food. Food is necessary for life, isn't it? We require food to live, isn't that so? We require food to grow. We require food to maintain life. We require food to give energy physically and to be able to help us in what to do. Job said, because I have now realized the importance of your word, I have esteemed, I have regarded, I have kept your word more important than the physical food that I eat. And why not? When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, Man, you, myself, man, in other words, every human being, no exception. It doesn't matter your position. It doesn't matter your level of learning. It doesn't matter your amount of wisdom or acquisition. It says man, general, every one of us. Man shall not live by bread alone. Man is not meant to live by physical food alone. And somebody in the Old Testament already caught that vision and said, I don't need only my physical food to live day by day, to exercise daily activities, to guide me. I need the necessary food, but I have found something more important, more vital than my necessary food, the Word of God. And Jeremiah now said, in Jeremiah 15, 16, if you find it, please read for us. Jeremiah 15, 16, the same thing. Job said his own, and Job remained before God. And Job remained a man that is skewed evil. And Job remained a man that despite the hardness of the times, he prospered in the things of God. And the devil himself said, God, your divine presence is with him. Are you not the one who has surrounded him like an hedge? And everything that Job has, I have no contribution to it. Uprightly. That was a man who said, my guiding principle is to regard the word of God more important than the physical food that I eat. We saw his life. Can we read Jeremiah 15, 16? And maybe somebody also gives us Jeremiah 23, 18. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found, and I did eat them. And your word was unto me the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Your words were found, and I did what? And I did what? Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone. How do you take bread? You do what? 
you eat it. Jeremiah said, I have aligned myself that way. The way I eat bread, the way I eat fufu, the way I eat apple, the way I swallow them, the way I prepare, and I expect energy from it. The same way do I look for the word of God for every situation, and when I find it, I don't just massage it. I don't just wave at it. I don't just rejoice at it and say, wonderful, God has spoken again. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And leave it there. When I find it, eagerly, I do well. I eat it. I take it in. I take it into my heart as if it will do the work for which God has sent that word. I have no double mind. I mean, when you are swallowing food that is prepared in your house, do you doubt whether it will enter well? Do you doubt whether it is poisoned? Do you wonder sometimes whether there was fish bone there? You just eat eagerly, expectantly. Job says, I eat it without rationalization, without doubt. Every other thing that is contrary to it, I collapse them away. And I just stand by it. I live by it. I find your word, I eat it. And it becomes the rejoicing of my heart out of it will flow every other issue that I have to do. That's the word. That's a prophet who stood the test of time again. And then look at Jeremiah 23.18. And if we have it in other versions, apart from the versions that are uh, orthodox, we'll read them. But let's read Jeremiah 23.18. Has anybody found it? Please read for us. Have any of these prophets Bothered to meet with me, the true God. Bothered to take in what I have to say. Bothered to take in what I have to say, listen to, and then leave at out my word. Bothered to listen to what I say, look out. Is that right? I'm bothered to leave out my word. Let's have another version. That one, I believe, is the message Bible. Am I right? Thank you. Has any of these been in the Lord's presence? To hear what he's really saying. To hear what he's really saying. Has even one of them cared enough to listen? Cared to listen? Friends, that's what God is asking. I sent my word. I have the answer to your need. I have the solution to that circumstance. But do you bother to come to my presence? Do you even care to listen? Sometimes you think you are listening, but your mind is scattered. You are reading this passage now. Your mind is interpreting it one way. You are remembering an occasion that is holding at 5 p.m. this evening. You are remembering that quiz that is coming up soon after the public holidays. You are remembering the mug that is. But you are still supposed to be here. Have you bothered to listen? Bring all your attention to bear. And as you hear and listen, to leave it out and say God has spoken. It is what God has says. I believe it, that settles the matter. And you are praying it in. And when others are saying this exam, powerful, ah, the way that lecturer said, nobody will pass so. And you are saying, I believe the word of God. I believe him. He said, country hard, country hard. We can't even make ends meet again. 
A liter of gas is 200 naira. A liter of fuel is 145. And even the NMPC decided 135. And before we knew it, they have closed up the gap. Ah, things are hard though. You have read the word, but you are speaking like every other person is what? Speaking. And he who sent the word as a need into your situation just watches you cancel what you have received with your own mouth. You speak it out and you are like any other person. He said, do you bother to come to my presence? Prepare. And say, God, what do you say in this situation? I need a life partner. I have different people presented to me. Some by picture, some by internet, some by recommendation. Some because of the amount of money they have. Some because they are the firstborn in their family. Others because they are their lastborn and therefore they have little or no need. God, which one? Anyway, I'll do tumbong tumbong. Have you bothered to listen? Then you go to the world and it tells you Proverbs 18.22. I say, whosoever finds a wife, and by the same token, whosoever finds a husband, and in another translation, it says, Whom to whomsoever a wife is revealed, a husband is revealed. So, if God found a wife for Abraham, for Adam, it's the same principle. So, you get your life partner, not necessarily by recommendation. It may well be one of those recommended. Or by picture, send me your picture, send me your internet, send me your latest. You get your wife by God revealing the person. And when he has spoken, you will have peace. Then you stay there. Your father may speak. Your mother may say, that is the one from a village. That is the one you grew up together in primary and secondary and kindergarten. But you have heard God. And the way he does it, after all the oppositions had come, the word of God will do what? Stand. For every issue. Have you bothered to listen to what I have to say? Not just read, which many of us do, which most of us can do. And we read and we close and we go and we talk like any other person, not as one to whom the world has been sent to. Have you bothered to obey, to live out? That's what that version says. And King James will say, who has perceived my word? Who got to search? And say, what did God say about this, my need, about job? What did he say about diligent in business? I work hard enough. I work hard where I work. I work hard in my business. I'm not a lazy man. I don't lazy about. I'm diligent. What did God say about me, irrespective of the level of my work? The cadre which I am. And you go to Proverbs 22:29, and it says there, Have you seen a man diligent in his work? He will stand before kings and not before mean men. God, this is what your word says. I am here today. I'm working hard. I won't detract from it, but I will see your word come to pass. It becomes life to you. You live by it every day. Instead of being depressed, instead of looking at how people are replying to you, you keep that word ever before you. Shut it will come to pass in the name of Jesus. That's what God is saying. There are so many distractions. There are so many sources of information. There are so many guides. There are so many things to lead you by. But it says, if you want my provision, if you want my protection, if you want my presence, if you want to prosper, 
and be in health. Even as your spirit and soul prosper, comprehensive life insurance policy of God, I call it pigeon two. Then let out my word. Full stop. And it's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's what to say, I would decide to start doing. Whatever I've heard on things concerning me, application, interview, and then what do I do? I look for those who know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Then I phone that brother. I phone that sister. I say, oh, look, oh, look, oh, no, moment. It is for you to now dance the dance that we know about you. But is that what God says about you getting a job? Is that what he says? He go to his word. He says, God, if it is your way for me to be in this place, it's on 75, 5, 6, it says promotion, application, successful admission does not come from the east or from the west. It comes from God. God, if this is where you want me, I receive this admission. I receive this appointment. And you remember so that no man takes the glory. But what is our first resource? That's what God is talking about. Practical things living by his word. Oh, you can say far enough. What of now? We don't have food to eat. What of now? We don't have food to eat. Things are hard. Things are hard. Country bad. Country bad. What a man go do? Have you bothered to ask God? How do I survive? Before, my money, my pay, couldn't go up to half of the month. Now, it finds it hard to even go one-tenth of the month. One-third. Before tenth, I'm looking at scratching again. That's if the salary was paid before then. So what did God say? Can somebody just turn to us Psalm 37? Psalm 37. You go to his world for every issue. You go there. You get the world. You remain on it. You eat it. You drink it. You rehearse it. You meditate on it. And as you so do, that world becomes fattened. That world becomes life. That world becomes your governing principle. That world becomes real as if God had literally face to face spoken to you. And that world operates you. And the manifestation will so follow in the name of Jesus. Look at Psalm 37. Look at verse 16. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Do you see it there? Is that the word of God? Then you believe it. God be able to multiply. I have a little. I don't know how it will take me to the end of the month. But God, a little that I have, as you said, is better. It didn't end there. Look at verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Is that in your Bible? Who said it? God, writing by His Spirit. So I take this word. I have a little God. I have just a little. But He said that is better than the riches of the wicked. And in the days of famine, hardship, difficulty, I shall be well satisfied. God, multiply and trust you. And you leave the rest to Him. And see whether God does not bring it to come to pass. George Miller. A number of us have read about him. 
was a man who lived literally by the word of God. And he had an orphanage where he had sometimes up to 300 or 500 orphans feeding them free of charge without affiliation to any NGO or charity organizations. They didn't exist in those days. And there was no bank that was bankrolling that. They lived day by day by faith, every day according to God's provision. And one of the mornings, there was nothing in the house for more than 300 children to eat. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing means nothing. Not that there was a little. Nothing. And it was time for breakfast. And he said, children, the Lord will do what he usually does. Let us pray our Lord's Prayer. And you know that in our Lord's Prayer, which is in the scripture, is give us what? This day, our daily bread. Give us this day. They didn't ask for this week. They didn't ask for this year. They didn't say, God, when I see the alert, when they see the alert, land, when it lands, then I will know. They just asked according to scriptures. Give us this day our daily bread. Because you know tomorrow you will also provide in accordance. And he says, our place are ready. Let us pray. By the time we finish, God will give us the bread which we eat. And then they prayed and finished the last prayer. By the time they were finishing, there was a knock at the door. A milkman, who usually supplied milk early in the morning, said, we had excess today. And I know that you people will need some. Do you care for some? You have nothing. And somebody says, do you care for some? They had enough milk for the children. Shortly after, the bread man arrived and said, we overproduced. Who asked them to overproduce? Because there were people who trusted him at his words. And so the children had the answer right away. You can say, what about money? Money is not like that too. Money is not like that too. And Philippians 4.19 will say, My God shall supply all your needs. Did he say some? Did he say a few? Did he say he will do tumbum tumbum? And I know which one looks like it. All your needs. According to his riches, where? In heaven's economy, not in Nigerian economy, not in Naira, not in any other. In heaven's economy, he shall supply. He will supply. But there's a caveat to that. He was talking about giving. He said, you Philippian church, we are also those who communicated with me in the manner of giving. So, as you give, it's not that I desire anything to my account. It is so that there will be something to your account. Now, when God has seen your heart in giving, he will then do what? Supply. And even in Malachi 3.10, where we quote and we say, God open the windows of heaven and rain down blessings that there will not be room enough to receive. What did he say? Bring all your tithes into the household that there will be meat in my house. Then prove me now. So, you do your own. You live by the word. You don't select which one when you read. You just simply obey and leave him to prove his word to come to pass. And I've had the experience. Not once, not twice, not three times, many more. And that's why I know. And when you catch that revelation, 
you don't need anybody to tell you give or give your tithe or your vows. Make sure you pay them. Even as a student, I was living together with my junior brother who is now a minister for many years. And as we dutifully just gave our money, paid our tithe. And in those days when money was hard to come by, 1984-85, Buhari's first coming. Now this is his second coming. Days we wake up, no money. No money with me, no money with him. And we just remind God, Father, we are standing by your word. And before too long, somebody will say, somebody is looking for you. Somebody, a relative who had never visited, who had never called. Of course, there were not many phones. There were landlines. Uh, will come. And by the time he says, how are you, how are you? I decided to look out for you today. Why did he not come last week? Why did he not come two days ago? God knew my money, our money was gone. And by the time he's going, we're having money again. Friends, live at his word. Find the word of God that meets your need and situation and condition and do what? Remain there. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What that means is that every word of God can be depended upon. Praise the Lord. Every. Every word. When God decides to send it into your situation, can become the answer to your need. Adeboe said that how he did his PhD in record time, that for six months he has been trying to solve an equation and he wasn't able. And then all of a sudden he went to God and said, God, for six months I have been here trying to solve this equation. I'm sure you know he read mathematics. I'm trying to solve this. I don't know what to do. And God said, go to my word. Say, where are your word? He said, go to the Red Sea. The story of the Red Sea. So I've read it. I've read the account. I've gone. I've read it. What about it? What does the Red Sea have to do with my equation in this thesis that I'm solving to be able to defend my thesis? And as you remain there, the Spirit of God said, not to see what I did in the Red Sea. I made the sea to be parted in two. And I put a dry land in between. Take these ones, put them on one side. Take the other, put them on the other side. And it says within six hours, a six months problem, academic, had been solved. The word of God was his guide. He swallowed it. There was no question. There was no query. So in which area? Exams, interview, things that require your competitiveness. And you go to the word of God in Daniel 1.17. And say, where he finds there. But this, as for these four Hebrew children, God gave them wisdom, skill, understanding in all manner of learning and skill and wisdom. And you read verse 20. And it says there, and Daniel had understanding more than all the others. God gave him wisdom ten times. How can you quantify that one? Can you? You may say somebody knows something doubly three times. How come ten times? And they say, God, you did it for Daniel and you did it for the three Hebrew children. Lord, I'm depending on you. 
After all, your word says in Psalm 119 verse 99, I have understanding more than my teachers. Naturally, it's not possible to have understanding more than your teachers. But God can make you have because he is the revealer and source of wisdom and knowledge. So you remain there and you see God literally bring it to come to pass. Bring your research areas come to pass. Bring you through the questions, the exams will require. Bring you through the things that you are going to go through. In every area, friends, in every area means every area. What about shaping your thoughts, shaping your world, shaping your thoughts. And then the scripture tells you when you find yourself wandering right, left and center. And it tells you, my son, incline your ear to my words. Let your eyes remain on them. Let them not depart from your eyes. Hide them in your heart. For out of it flow all the issues of life. And then how can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young woman keep her way pure? How can you, from the impurity, from the perverseness, from all the acts today, that even though you sing heartily in the church, we may see you somewhere, or when we don't see you, your secret life, messing up. How can you keep your thoughts that governizes the actions pure? And then you go to Psalm 119 verse 9, that one is verse 11. It says, your word have I hid in my heart, that I may not walk. Sin. Then you remember. Then you came to the world. Then you meditate on it. Then you meditate and chew it day and night. When Job said, I esteem your word more than my food. Jeremiah said, I found their word and I ate it. And then he says, meditate on the word day and night. Observe to do according to all that is written there. Then you shall have what? Good success. You! Have the key. And you shall be prosperous. That's God again. Friend, every word of God can be depended upon. Because they were inspired by the spirit of God. Irrespective of the human author. Holy men, moved by the Holy Spirit, wrote as they were also moved by him. And you can depend on each of them. You can hold them as literal bonds that can deliver their day. More than any human precept, more than any teaching, more than what you see on TV, can we come to that point? And God would have wrought the work in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. For every need, go to the world, find what he says, and remain there. So, every word of God can be depended on for living, for meaningful living. If you need food to live physically, you need the word of God to live comprehensively in every other area. Secondly, it also means that every word of God can be trusted upon irrespective of other guides cancels or contrasting details. In other words, we saw Abraham, we saw Isaac, we saw what was in vogue. It was famine. The normal thing to do, go to where there is food. Egypt. That's the trend. But Isaac heard, stay in this place. I want to prove my word to you. Stay here and I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will make you a generational blessing. That's all he was saying to Isaac. I will show my divine presence on you. 
and against the trend, against what people have done before, against experience, against the tradition, he chose to live by the word of God. So when there appears to be contradiction, and you see them with your eye, and you feel them, and the word of God says otherwise, it's asking you to make a choice. You can make a choice to remain with the world and remain with the majority. Or you can make a choice to now say, God, I will live and act by your word. And the Bible says, let God be true and let every other person be a lie. If your heart can remember the word in your life in that situation will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. I say it will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Never mind, we have challenges with health. But it was this same word that says in Exodus 23, 25, You shall serve the Lord your God. That's the condition again. Serve the Lord your God. I will bless your bread. I will bless your water. And I will take away sicknesses from you. First Peter 2, 24, he will say there, By his stripes you were healed. So I won't go by the experience of this person died, this person didn't survive, this person. This is what the world says. This is for me. God, I stand on this word until you say otherwise. So you can cure me. People talk about premature this. Your ancestors in the village, fear of this. And in that same Exodus 23, 26, it says, The number of your days I will fulfill. So why do you spend more of the time binding witches and wizards and back to center? And it's a popular prayer. Popular in churches. Popular everywhere. He says that's not the popularity. Stand by my word. God will say if I serve you, you will bless my bread and my water. The number of my days you will fulfill. I will not prematurely be cut short. Then you remain there. Even when people are thinking you will peg off. Tomorrow they will see you stronger and brighter. In the name of Jesus. Every word of God can be depended upon. It's invaluable. It has integrity. Forever your word is firmly settled in heaven. And brings results on you and I if we allow him. And where there are contrasting features, you can trust the word of God. You can trust him. You can trust the word of God. And no wonder in Luke 5.5. 5, Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night. We have used our experience. It was not me alone. We are in a group. And we came together. And we have been expert fishermen. We are the sons of fishermen. My fishermen born us. Our papa, papa, my fisherman in B. Master, you hear. We don't catch fish when the daylight has come. We knew when to come. We have toiled all night. We have an experience. We have nothing to show for it. No fish caught. Now in the morning, you are now telling us to cast our net deep. What remains for Peter to say was to say, Master, it's impossible. It can't be done. Experience teaches. Our own encounter teaches. That's what many of us do in every situation that we have. But thank God that he drew back. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, what did he say? Nevertheless. Can everybody say nevertheless? Nevertheless. Irrespective of distance. At your word. That's the operative principle. 
I will cast down the nets. I will know the results. He got more than they could ever have got from experience, from past encounters, and from what others had. Others saw it. Provision, protection, divine presence, and comprehensive prosperity. It always goes with the world. Irrespective of the weather, beginning or middle or end of the year, it will work with you and for you in the name of Jesus Christ. So in closing, dear friends, in Genesis 26, Isaac obeyed and lived at God's word. He shut his ears to every other factor and what the eye could see. And God says, stay in this land. I have given you my word. Has God given you his word? Have you found his word for your situation, for that need? If you have not, go sit down in his presence. Find God's word for your need, for that situation. Not what they told you, not what people say. Find God's word. Remain there. Listen. And really listen. Put all your attention like somebody who is literally eating food. Your attention is fully there. And as you do, leave it out. Pray it in. Remain there. That revealed word, that logos, that word that is written, that word that just seems ephemeral as it interacts with your spirit again and again because that is what God has sent to you will suddenly become Rema, God's own revealed word for that need and the situation would have been solved in Jesus' name. So Isaac simply dwelt in Jera and in verse 12, what do they see here? We say that Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year. Was it a different year? The same year of what? Famine. Acute need. That same year. Contrary to expectation. Only at God's word. He received in the same year a hundredfold. In other words, multiplied over. There was no other way of explaining it. It wasn't the soil, it wasn't the weather, it wasn't the land, because there was famine, it was simply because God, who causes increase, had decided to act at his word. May that be you in the name of Jesus. So God provided in the place of famine, and he will still keep providing your needs in the name of Jesus Christ. And Isaac, the Bible says, they became great. And we have, I wish you can, students of poetry, and I believe in agreeable now, like, yeah, keep reading and keep talking that one to yourself. Sitchineko, to osi, menya, men, and kem, nabwane, yihabu, kangoku, anibozo, muka, huwe, juku, ogani, runa, gani, runi, juku, rumbo, juku, nkegini, nkuku, juku, nkuku, naha, Jesus. It doesn't come by willing it. It doesn't come by repeating it. It comes by just taking God at his word for your situation. It doesn't matter how bleak it looks. I remain in there. I'm closing the ears to every other. And you will also have the testimony of Isaac. So not only did he have provision, he had prosperity. And he didn't have prosperity outside of God. He had prosperity in the sight of God. And we see in verse 26 
that the people, others, who had had power, who had had dominance over him, who had prevailed, who had maltreated him, who represented the economic forces, who represented those who would just dominate and oppress, things that afflict you, they were the ones that of their own accord came to who? Isaac. May that happen with you in the name of Jesus. When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to the world. The bar to Elisha, the sons of the prophets were saying, Do you know the Lord will take your master away from you today? The Lord will take your master away from you today. We know, we have seen in the spirit. You know that's why we are sons of prophets. Have you got that revelation? We've got it to you better act on it. Elisha said, Hold your peace. I'm on a business. I'm on a business. I want to catch hold of that which I was told. What was he told? If you are attentive enough to see me lifted up, then you will have what to say. You have a double fold. That's what you asked for. And he said, I am watching over this world to see it happen. I'm listening to it. I'm acting at this world. There will be time to share. There will be time to talk about your superiority. Hold your peace. Second Kings chapter 2. But the moment that the double portion of the anointing fell on Elisha, Elisha did not carry a signboard. Elisha had no public address system. Elisha had no team going before or ahead of him. He had no big banner announcing his beauty or handsomeness. The man of God has returned. Double anointing. None at all. Elisha was the same going, the same people who saw him pass and were seemingly superior to him were the same people who now said, Ah, the spirit of Elijah has come upon Elisha. And the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 15, before they were acting superior, now they did what? They bowed. Whom do you bow to? A superior or a mark of respect? Friends, may situations that confront us bow in the name of Jesus. First John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that contends against you. So take that word and go to where God's word speaks on your situation. Remember, they will bow. I said they will bow. I said God will not only provide like he did for Isaac, he will also prosper you in his presence. How do I know? It was the same Abimelech and Hiko who said, We certainly saw that the Lord has been with you. Unbelievers, those who were outside the ring, they say, We've seen your trend. We've seen how you stop tenaciously to what you say their God said. And we have seen your lifestyle. It confirms. They give a testimony. May that be yours, divine presence in the name of Jesus. And they say, let us make peace. The protection that we hunger for God himself brings it on a platter of diamond. We shall have them in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us read Isaiah 59 and verse 19. And let us ask the Lord, grant us grace to not only listen, to do what you say, to live by this world, to live it out, and to see you bring it to come to pass. We're going to read it together. Whatever version you have. I will read 19, I will read 21, because of a reason, then all of us will read 21 together. 
And may I tell you, just like we said at the beginning, that there's no way you can live at God's word or by his word when you haven't yet surrendered your life to him. That's the first step in living by his word. Dropping your own being life, being at the center and asking Jesus in. So friend, if you want God to prove himself this way to you, surrender. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. You are still at the center of your life. You govern your life. Open the door. Allow him in. Turn over your life to him. Then you can now live this kind of life in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 59.19 I will read first. Uh, then we will read 21 together after. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up what? A standard against him. Verse 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed seed, says the Lord, from henceforth and forever. God is saying again, if you are willing and obedient, I'm ready to put my word not just in your mouth, before your eyes, and you are now the one to take it into your hearts. You are the one who will choose like Isaac to live by this word. I have dispersed and I'm ready to still shed my word for every need and situation. Take it. Hide it in your heart. Meditate on it. Let there be a light from it. And then you shall reap the fruits thereof in the name of Jesus Christ. So verse 21 together. As for me, my spirit that is upon you, and my words which I put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed seed, says the Lord, from henceforth and forever shall we pray. Can you begin to speak to God? There's a word of God for your situation. There's a word of God for your need. There's a word of God. Indeed, every scripture, but particularly for things you go through, there was a particular word of God to Isaac. It was famine. It was lack. There was need. And God spoke, stay in this land and allow me to bless you. And he obeyed. He lived the world. And in the same year, a hundredfold. And he became great. And was great. And not only was great, he became very great. And the presence and the spirit of the Lord was with him. And he was the blessed of the Lord. Tell the Lord, your word in my mouth, your word revealed, your word that is available to me. Father, I will take it to my heart. I will meditate on it. I will chew it. I will eat it. I will live at it, irrespective of the things around. And I will hold on to your word. Spoken. Living. Revealed, I will hold on to your word until there is the performance of it concerning me, concerning your need in my life, concerning life and godliness. I will hold on to your word. Can you speak that to God? I will bother to meet with you in your presence, O God. I will make effort, O God, to hear and listen 
to what you have to say. Are you here? And you haven't surrendered your life to Christ. You are still ruling and running your life. And the Spirit of God is saying that life is enough. You are running it and God cannot penetrate. You are living a presumptuous life. Depending on what the weather brings. And sin has occluded you from God. But now you want that to go. You want peace. You want to really see how it means to live by God's word. First is by obeying him to give him your heart. And you are ready to do it this morning. If that is your desire, please kindly raise your hand where you are. Let us pray together with you. That's the beginning of a life with God. In Jesus is life. And that life is the light of man. And that life shines in darkness. And the darkness does not overpower. The darkness gives way. The darkness in your heart and life gives way. And then the real essence of God's presence in you be seen. If that's you, please raise your hand where you are. Thank God for you. The Bible says you believe with your heart unto righteousness. You confess with your mouth unto salvation. If you shall call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. He died on the cross for my sins. And now I'm a sinner. I have lived contrary to your will. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I repent and forsake my sin. And I turn over to you. Find in me a new life. Cleanse me. And write my name in the book of life. Give me the power to live for you from today in Jesus' name. Lord, as many as receive you, give them the power to become your children who are born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power, who are not cursed, they are not compelled. Your spirit brings them up and says, this is the time to open up. And as they surrender willingly, Lord, let the old things pass away and let all things become new in their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk a walk in them, O God, that brings your peace, your rejoicing and joy, Lord, unspeakable in their lives in the name of Jesus. And may try their lives from now. They live a life pleasing unto you. Live that your work unto the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.